Warning. This is not your normal podcast. Its purpose is to provide thought-provoking dialogue with a slighted perspective. Here we encourage influential conversations. Give us a listen, like and share. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome to CEO and the Doctor. People, CO and the Doctor, Season 3, Episode 5. We back up in here. First time we got an in-studio guest, so this is pretty dope. Uh, i like to introduce the world to my baby sister. It's the lovely. Go by AO. What's up, Ash? It's Hello, everybody. Finally made it to the show. Thank you, Miss Ash. Yes, thanks for having me. I got to excuse the setup. Um, this is the first time we had an in-studio guest, so I got shit everywhere. Y'all can see the soundboard, wires. You know, this ain't usually how I roll. We got P, he down here in the small box because <laughs> there's no way to really capture all this. So, you know, we always learning. We always integrating here at the show, man. But but damn all that. How you week, P? Uh, well, it's pretty, pretty damn good. The, the weather's finally cooling off, man. I mean... Get my consistent 12 to 15 miles in every day on my bike, uh, doing my studying for uh, the LSAT. So uh, just doing me, man, living, living inconspicuously. That's what's up. What about you, sis? How was your week? Uh, it was pretty good. You know, pretty relaxed. Only worked a couple days. So that was nice. Word, word. So uh, same here. Short, short week. Uh, about to hit the road. Um gonna take a quick vacation well not really vacation got to do some work while we're there but quick road trip we got to make as a little fam so uh, uh i guess i'm excited about it but not really because how long the drive is yeah. where y'all uh, headed going home uh oh, we got okay. some stuff okay. to handle back in indy so we yeah, gonna go okay. home for uh shit about a week okay yeah so that's cool man you looking at you looking to catch a game or something while you're there i know you got some season tickets so nah so you know so here we go. Welcome back football, right? So I kind of right, right. have my eye yeah. to the left, TV's on. Um, but yeah, so, you know, with the COVID and all that, you know, football kind of helter-skelter as far as seating. Yeah. So I'm still a season ticket holder um, by the means of things, but in mm-hmm. all actuality, I don't have my, ticket, my, my tickets this year. I chose yeah. the option not to have them, so no, nah, I'm not catching no games. And it's hard, oh, to okay. get, it's hard to get in there. We're only letting in like 2,500 people. Or wow. Like so. Well, it's it's it, even irregardless, like you said, it's football. It's nice to have football back. Um, and you know, I noticed something just turning the game on. There's something emotional about football that's different from all the other sports. All right, I can turn basketball on, and I enjoy watching the game, no matter who's playing. But just to see football on, it's like, oh my god, yes, life feels all right. 
if football's on TV. You know? For real. Fantasy kicked off. Uh, shit. So we did all our drafts. I'm in three leagues. I got Mahomes in go, all man. leagues. So I'm hoping he put up good numbers. I've seen the scrub just drop the damn pass over there for the TD. So that's already screwing me up. But we're going to make it shake, man. Uh, so what we got? Did we already, you already run down what we got this week? Today's Flash 5. Two million a month. Two friends buy 19 apartments. Another white woman leasing blackness. Ben in the Ask the Doctor segment. The media further the narrative of fear and hate. News, news. We got Bin Laden. Her, his niece has spoken. And finally, conversations we should be having. It's keeping it 100. Keeping it 100, man. Well, shit, we already did the intros and had all kind of hiccups and all kind of nonsense <coughs> like that. So we're not going to waste no more time. Let's go ahead and jump into this damn thing. Enter the Flash 5. Let's get it, P. All right. TMZ, as usual, broke this story. Nicole Young, Dr. Dre's wife, she wants nearly $2 million a month to cover her expenses. Here's the breakdown. Laundry and cleaning, $10,000 a month. Clothing, $135,000 a month. Education. Tuition and living expenses, $60,000 a month. Entertainment, $900,000 a month. Charitable contributions, $125,000 a month. Mortgage, $100,000 a month. Telephone, cell phone, and email, $20,000 a month. Look, I'm not going to parse this. <laughs> okay. The sheer magnitude of ridiculousness in the, what she wants it for. <laughs> is where I would take issue. Now, it's absurd. It's absurd. Yeah. Now, it's absurd what she wants it for. Whether she deserves it or not, I take this side. She's there for 24 years. She raised two kids. She was in it to win it from the start. She deserves half, man. Cut that woman at $2 million check. Move on. Nah, I mean, I 100% agree, man. Uh, she definitely do something. What What always gets me... With situations like this, we hear it all the time, you know, whether it's a basketball player or somebody like Nas or whoever, like they always get to this point where they have this astronomical number um, mm -hmm. and, and it's based on, as they call it, not not changing the lifestyle they know. Well, right. unfortunately, <laughs> when life gives you lemons, hey, you got to make lemonade. So what I'm saying is if I if we agree to a sum. I still think it's still got to be reasonable. This really comes into play when kids are involved, right? So, right, so what I'm right. saying, like, I mean, I'll pay child support. Many other men pay child support. But, you know, what I'm paying versus what Nas is paying, at the end of the day, the kids are still the same. Like, they're it's still relative. kids. Like, what kind of lifestyle are you trying to give this kid where you, you're potentially asking for $150,000 a month? Now, in this case, this is spousal support. Right, sure their kids are grown. Yeah, the kids are grown, and, and I'm sure they got some unreasonable calculator out there to try to figure out like, like how she broke down this and why it needs to equate to two million a month. And it's insane. It's absurd. Why it to me is absurd. Whether she deserved, look, all right. I, to me, she shouldn't even have had to have broken it down. She could have said, "I want a lemonade stand on every fucking street in the United <laughs> States." <laughs> <laughs> that is whatever at this point. Right. 24 years of marriage, two kids, you know, I, I watched you come from nothing to worth, as as said, $800 million. Okay. 
four hundred of that shit's mine. I mean, I don't because yeah, I guess either way, it's no good. I mean, no. for that for the person that's got to pay it. But you're right. I mean, fair is fair, and you know she's made it this long, so she deserves something. That's something I can't speak to. But I'm just thinking about two million dollars a month, man. Like twenty four mil a year. <laughs> I think I'm Dr. Sorry. Dre, what, 50? Is he is he like your age, B? 55. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's 55. 55. Yeah, he's Damn, 55. he's 55? Yeah. I'm just caught up on almost a mil a month for entertainment. What the? Uh, yeah, especially during COVID. What what the hell entertainment is going on during COVID? She know. better get streams for less. It's $25 a month. <laughs> yes, get, get a streaming service and, uh, you know, cut down on some of that, like, you know, VIP and I'm sure, you know, that's included and whatever her spa package is. And I mean, sure, I'm sure they got a lifestyle that's on autopilot and I'm sure she doesn't want that interrupted. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I can't you, we can't fund that if we ain't together. We agreed to a number. You go on about your life. And here's what's a really sad story. Me and the wife was talking, me and T, and was like, she was like, I'm not even gonna bullshit you. I would never get married again. Yeah. So if I go and date, I go and date, but shit, I ain't about to fuck my money up. <laughs> like, you know I'm what not saying? Cut off my that's nose and bite my face. That's crazy. Yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's cold blooded, man. But. <laughs> like, look, uh, we cool. I'm only gonna date you. That's it. Yeah. And, and it's you are not. You are not cutting off my two mil a month. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't worth that. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, unless, unless you got three mil a month, <laughs> we gonna we gonna talk about relationships, you know, in the conversations later. And definitely, what definitely. what keeping a one hundred may or may not do, but I don't know, man. Just good luck to the to the to the Dre family, I guess. To the what's what's his what's his full name? Young Andre uh, Young. Yeah, good luck to the Young family, man. Yeah. What's next, B? All right, two friends buy nineteen apartments in their old neighborhood to um, refurbish the neighborhood to rebuild it. Hey. I got to dap up. Come on, sis. Give me some. Because we all the way on this whole whole yeah. movement, man, for real shit. And this just picks up from, you know, what we talked about last week, you know, with yeah. the potential new Black Wall Street that mm-hmm. they're trying to do down in Georgia. But, you know, like Mike Epps, I follow him. He's from the hometown. And he Shout just, out to Mike Epps. Yeah, he just did a lot of good work back in Indy. Basically, you know, his, his movement is buy your block back mm-hmm. and, you know, put it together and, and bring it up, bring the property value up, give your give generational wealth. We've seen T.I. do this as well in his old neighborhood. Yeah. You know, so on our levels, man, you know, this is the way we need to be thinking. We, we all about, you know, investing and that type of thing. But, you know, what can we do to establish for our own? You know, and yeah. I'm I'm happy to, to see stuff like this. And so basically these dudes, if, you know, they're taking Section 8, they're taking uh, college students, they're taking young professionals. They're trying to give, you know, give that 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 property some value, A, but also help the right people. So I'm right. all for right. it. Yeah. I'm all for it. And that's, that's usually what happens, um, you know, when we see, I know in my old neighborhood back in Chicago, um, the people that used to live there when I was growing up, they're priced out now. It's been gentrified. And that's usually what happens when money moves into these areas. The people that, that need, that want to stay, they get priced out and they have to move to someplace else that's that it's either less desirable or becomes less desirable. Yeah, that's true, man. So, again, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to give them something, man. They deserve that, man. Good on them, man. 
Uh, where are we moving to next, P? All right. White Jewish college professor, George Washington University, admits to pretending to be black and Latinx for years using the N-word while teaching students. Mm, she mm -mm. says she is not a culture vulture. She's a culture leech. She's pretended to be black for years. Now, we've seen this with, uh, what was her name? Rachel, what was that? Yeah, Rachel Dozer, Dozer. Do, do, Dolezal or yeah, something that, like that? Yeah, yeah. that yeah. Um, and and, and as, as Ash and I were talking about, um, you know, early in the, the you know, when, when we kind of just first logged on, it's hard being black, but it's dope, you know? That's true. That's right. It's true. Um, but Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. But maybe, maybe... <laughs> When you turn on your TV and you see black faces getting, you know, I, I I know I just laughed, and I don't mean to laugh. This is not to belittle what's happening to to us as a, as a people, okay? But I, I'm maybe just maybe she turned on the TV and like, oh shit, I've been pretending to be this. They can pull me over and do this to me. Mm -hmm. It might be time that I claim that I'm a Jewish white woman, that I'm really a Jewish white woman. I mean, that's all the way real, man. And mm -hmm. we've seen cultural, uh, cultural appropriation. Uh, we've seen all kind of misuse of, of our, you know, us being us. And uh, it's funny, man. Like I was on a Who and I last week. Shout out to them for for having me on. Man, that was super dope. But uh, Yeah, I, I checked you out. Yeah, that was dope. That was really dope, man. So much love to Kevo and CJ. But uh so their show that their regular show for the week they they shot, they kind of had you know a little segment and they were talking about, and I'm and I remember this happening when I was deployed. But you remember when Tom Hanks' son like went bananas and had the whole rude boy, <laughs> you know. So we seen culture appropriation that way where there's you know that he had a whole patois like I'm like bro you white as snow. So in this situation, yeah. you know using the n-word in class and i can and i can feel that if if you if you're teaching an ethnic class right and, and and though it's probably never right to use that in an educational setting but i'm sure you were trying to connect make it feel like it was more real and mm -hmm. that's super wrong but you're right guilty conscience you know maybe it is this george floyd yeah. thing maybe it is the mod you know maybe it is you know or jacob like and something finally got her saying like I've been doing this for too long. Would you say eleven years? Yeah, easily. Uh, it's crazy. Jessica, Jessica Krug. Miss Krug. Yeah, and Krug. Uh, George Washington University made her step down. She's no longer teaching <laughs> those classes. Obviously, uh, it, it's a uh, it really it's it's mind boggling. You know, it is man. When when we look at American culture. Uh, American society and how it's been built to belittle and really um, keep black people in a certain place. And we've had to, as a people, fight and strive to to be better and to do better. And as we we can attest, growing up, we are all told you got to fight twice as hard to get half as far. Damn right you do. You know, and this is something she wants to take on this persona. Really? Yeah, that's fucking awful, man. So. <laughs> Get her out of Get here. Get her out of here. With everything that's been going on, the, we can point the finger and we can say that the government has done X things to, um, to contribute to systemic racism. The police have um, programs in place to contribute to systemic racism. 
the one thing that no one's talked about is the media's role in it. Yeah. You know, let's let's think about. I, I just it, it dawned on me when I saw the case about uh, Michael Message. This guy killed his wife. Went next door, killed his two sisters, killed her two sisters. He was holed up in his basement. Cops barricaded. He's shooting at them. Shot over forty rounds. He's still alive. That was in the news that long. Mm-hmm. Hold on, wait. Now, those are not her two sisters. Those are two black sisters, right? No, no. No, no. He killed her two sisters. Okay, her so... Her two sisters live next door to her. To them. Oh. He killed her and her two <laughs> sisters. And the lady was white? Himself. Yeah, mm-hmm. white lady. Uh... I, I'm, I'm, I'm making... I'm, I'm, I'm leading to a point here. Okay, okay. They were in the news that long. But if a black person commits any type of crime, or hold on, let's let's go this far. If a black person is a victim of a police shooting, let's find out if he had drugs in his system. There you go. Let's find out if he had a police record. Let's mm-hmm. find out this. Let's find out that. The media does not look at him surely as a victim. The vic- the, the, the victim, we got to find out what's wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Jacob Blake. Oh, he had drugs in his system. He had a police record. He had a warrant out for his arrest, for his arrest. All these things, instead of the fact, the simple fact that this man got shot in the back seven times. So I gotta okay. ask, why is that, P? Why why did they do that to us? To further the narrative that we are a danger to society. Yes. You're gonna be police for a second. Okay. All right. You go home every day for a week, and you see this. You're not even cops in these different areas. You're not a cop in Baltimore. You're not a cop in Chicago. You're not a cop in Minneapolis. You're not a cop in Kenosha, Wisconsin. You are a cop in small town Kansas, right? You got one little small neighborhood, population of black people, okay? But you see on the news, Minneapolis, George Floyd is murdered, but George Floyd, he was hyped up on all kind of drugs. And this is permeating the news cycle. Then you see Jacob Blake, he had a an arrest warrant, he had drugs in his system, uh, you know, he, he was wanted for whatever. Then you see all these other stories that are, you know, permeating the news cycle day in, day out, day in, day out. You're a cop. The first thing you think, damn, black people suck. Mm-hmm. You see a trend, yes. But this guy, Michael Message, he's on the news one day for killing three people, barricaded in his basement, 40 shots at the cops. He makes it out alive. He's in jail. I think that's the key right there. So last week I mentioned it's one thing when you're in a when a cop is in a, a shootout, right? And they and they have to return fire and in that uh, situation or that ordeal, you know, someone dies. That's yeah. one situation, you know, because I talked about every opportunity to use your weapon can't be an opportunity to use that weapon. But in this right. case, he busts forty. He, first off, he killed a woman. He's shot giving sisters, you. And then he's giving you every reason. He's giving you every reason to kill him. Mm -hmm. Every reason, every opportunity. Right. And people might say, well, you know, these cops show restraint. And what are they supposed to do? Do you want them to to have another murder? My only thing, my only thing is this. And I've said this several times on Mm -hmm. several different shows. It's not about me saying, okay, they got one. They they finally got got one. It didn't look like us. But I'm saying as cops, you got to know when to get into that wild, wild west shit. They do yeah. that wild, wild west shit with us on a Instantly. normal traffic stop. But, mm-hmm. but, but again, this speaks to the narrative that the media portrays us as dangerous. 
if all you see, if all you see every day on the news, no matter what news cycle, no matter what local, state, national, whatever you turn to, is black people are dangerous. Black people are dangerous. Black people are dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what they're doing, they got arrest warrants. They got drugs in their system. They're this. They're that. They're animals. Basically, it's just... Pretty much. Yeah, it's just, let me hurry up and try to show you all these different examples of how the black person was in the wrong. So it's it's very disappointing, I think, when we look at situations like this because... And I'm sorry to cut you off, P, but... No, 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 no. It's very disappointing because when you look at it, you have a police shooting that takes place and nine times out of ten it results in a black person being killed or harmed in some way so the black person is actually the victim but it's amazing how when the media gets there it gets spun into now the police the officer was the victim but when you're listening to this story you're listening trying to figure out okay well how did the officer become the victim was there a gun and then there's they're like no there's not a gun Okay, well, what made him a victim? Did he get struck in some way? Did he get attacked? No, the person was walking away or the person was still in their car with their seatbelt on. So I think that the media has to be mindful of what they're putting out into the atmosphere because when we are looking at this, if you are someone that is being extremely observant of what's going on, you can clearly see the difference in your news stories. You know, like, why are we talking about George Floyd and the fact that he supposedly had drugs in his system and it gave him Superman strength? Okay, well, when we saw the video, we saw none of that. So why is why is that even relevant? Why are we talking about it after the fact? And so I just I get really upset at these stories because it just it makes you angry. It really does. I want to jump in here real quick because I have the pleasure to be with, you know, Two individuals who have degrees in criminal studies. That's one of her bachelors. My sister's super educated, so I'm going to give her. <laughs> she's the she's definitely the one in the family that uh, took it to the, the next echelon, so to speak, with all of her education. Um, her husband's also educated as well. So where I'm going with this is, you know, both of you have uh, great knowledge on how this whole thing works, this whole criminal process. And it's it's just a pleasure to hear two people talk about something where I'm not just using my own like justification for what I think mm-hmm. to be real. You know, like like she said, she broke down a lot of things that, you know, I haven't processed in some of this stuff mm-hmm. because that's mm-hmm. how I do it. Like, you know, it's it's all like a philosophy, like, OK, this yeah. looks bad. We've yeah. talked about it with when it comes to school shootings. Mm-hmm. Damn, this looks bad or, or the church shooting. You know, what I mean, like, damn, this looks really bad. And guess what it looks like, though? It still looks like. You know, it's never See, this. It's always but, this. But we got to spin it. In societies, those are always sold as one-offs. Mm-hmm. They're never consistent. But when you see when you see what's happening in the black community portrayed on the news, these are consistent. If there's something happening where a cop's involved in shooting or hurting a black person, that black person did something to make that cop fear for his life. Not this guy holed up in his basement shooting back. They didn't fear for their lives with him. Not uh, the kid that shot at the church and killed nine people. They didn't fear for their lives with him. Not the school shooters. They didn't fear for their lives with them. In every single case, these people walk away with their lives. I'm going to tell you what upsets me, because you make another great valid point. 
But what they end up saying, quick comparison, well, this just shows how good of a cop that was mm-hmm. because it didn't end in the killing. Yeah. Nah. No. And it's and it's to take nothing away to those specific officers on that specific scene. Yeah. But what it is to me is on a national scale, it shows where the lack of training is, it shows where the disparities yeah. are, it shows yeah. where it's a whole justice system, and I hate to say this, but federal state, all that you can do this in this state, but can't do this in this state, you can do that here, but can't do that there. That becomes an issue, just like education. Yeah. We got to be on one scale or no scale because right. I'm tired of hearing, well, that just shows how good of a cop it is. Yet when we see the George Floyd or we see what happened to Jacob Blake or we can go on and on and on and on and on. And those excuses are, well, that's just a bad apple, a one off, like you mm-hmm. said. Yeah. No, somebody no. knew this. Somebody knew this person's per- personality. Somebody knew what kind of person they was in general. And they allowed this because they got that brotherhood, right? The brotherhood yeah. is, fuck, I know one day it's going to go too far. I just hope that that day I'm not at, I'm not on shift. Yeah. And more than yeah. likely, you're going to be on shift because you know yeah. when, like, dog, you went, you're doing too much. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you can't call it on them. You can't call them, call them out because then you look like, you know, like, like the bad person. Are yeah. you with us or not? I'm sure it's yeah. pressure. We see it in movies. We see it in TV shows. But that shit is real life. We've yeah. seen when, when people have tried to blow the whistle. Right. Remember uh, Chris Darden? Oh, he tried yeah. to blow the whistle, fought and fought and fought. Then the man, shit, he wigged out. And what he did, I don't agree with. He went on a shooting spree and all that other shit. But what I'm saying is, yeah. remember the whole story. Right. Don't yeah. close that chapter with, oh, he shot up cops and he just went on a total crazy, you know, killing spree. Yeah, that, that's an oversimplification. job. He tried that's to do an right. oversimplification. Yeah. It's, it's never it's never that simple. But the media's role, society itself. We tend, we overlook it. It's not even a tend to. We are overlooking their role in this thing. Mm-hmm. They continue to perpetuate fear of of black people. They continue to do it. It's it's the headline. Mm-hmm. You know, that, every time every time that, that there's a mass shooting, uh, the person that's doing the mass shooting, when it's a white person, uh, maybe they have some mental health issues. Maybe there's some family issues. We don't explore their criminal history. And they always plead insanity. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Always insane. plead insanity. You got to protect them. Right. You got to come up with all these different excuses. And all it's doing is causing extreme havoc. Because when you actually take the time to think about these stories, um, yeah. it it's sending the wrong message to the public. Yeah. So the problem... and. When I was in law school, it was always a, a big debate whenever we would discuss cases. And one of them happened to be centered around how the media puts all this stuff out there about what's going on with the black community. Mm-hmm. And that causes a lot of fear amongst white people. Yeah. And then it sends a message like it's okay for them to just go out here and take the law into their hands because they're glorified after the fact, you know? So like, I feel like if the media would have basically done the right thing and they would have aired the story of what happened over in, what was it? Kenosha. Um, Yeah, over there, Um, if they would have done the right thing and aired the story, told the truth as to what happened, I don't think we ever would have had a, what was it, a 16, 17-year-old kid go up there with a a gun and, 
you know, go up there and feel like he needed to take matters into his own hands. So that's what happens when you are just broadcasting a story and you're instilling fear into you know, the white community, they feel like they have to take matters into their own hands and they think that it's okay. Yeah. They think it's justified yeah. and it's not, it's not justified at all, but I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to bet. I get it a few years from now. I'm going to say five years max. How much you want to bet they're going to make this into a movie and they're going to yeah. make it into a movie, making it seem like this kid did nothing wrong. And that really pisses me off because yeah. when you go back and look at any type of crime that has occurred, there's movies that are made and they're made to make it seem like what that person did was okay. But where are the films about black people? Why is it when I watch a movie about Malcolm or Huey or Rosa or Martin, the movie is portrayed to make it seem like what they were doing was wrong. And it's not until it's a movie by my people where it's actually portrayed saying that they were doing the right thing. So, yeah, it's, it's always, it's that way. Um, in my opinion, it's twofold. Um, one of which is the insecurity is shown through how they interact with us. The fear of, um, they, 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 they mask that insecurity with bravado. You know, the ease of using the N-word and how they, they um, you know, they, they feel the need to assert themselves around us when we are not even posing a threat. Mm-hmm. You know, that coupled with just the, the guilt of historic slavery, just, just slavery itself. This nation was built on the, on our backs, on our ancestors' backs, and that, that's just the truth. Okay, sure, I'm not. I, I wasn't a slave. Neither none of us were. Okay, but search throughout history, some part of our lineage built this country, and re, and reap no benefit from that. Yeah, man, it, and I watched something last night. So I don't know if we briefly talked about this. I remember I showed this, and uh, you know, as we kind of close this, I wanted to close with this. So. There's this TV series that's coming out, mm-hmm. and it's been kind of rumored now for a few months. It's called Cracker, right? Mm. And I've seen the trailer a bunch of times. It's 90, 90 seconds of, like, flip, roll reversal. And so in that, um, I finally got my buddy PJ. He shared uh, the actual interview done by um, All Hip Hop with the producer. I'm sorry, with the, yeah. uh, the writer, the creator. <coughs> and he's a mm-hmm. white guy. But he's well-connected. Um, you know, he's been doing videos. and He's worked with a ton of entertainers, and he's married to a black person, black woman. And he, he just tells his story. And he was like, I wanted to do something to hit home. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to share this. It's, and I watched all 40 minutes of it. But I'm going to share this interview. And it's amazing to hear a white person who's writing this series, and he's wrote it in this re- role reversal, talk about the criticisms on both sides. From our side, he said it seemed as if people took it as, whoa, you're doing too much, man. Like, okay, some people some people were on board, some people wasn't on our side. But on the, his side, oh, my God, he's, like, been getting death threats. You know, he's looked at as an outcast. I don't know what you would call an Uncle Tom when it's white on white, <laughs> but whatever that is, he's that. Um, you know, he's been getting threats from Nazis, like neo-Nazis, all kind of shit. And he's like, I don't give a shit how it feels, but... Yeah. His whole reasoning is 
until you can actually visualize what somebody's talking about, it's never real to you. Right. And he felt that if I flip the roles and I do it in a way that I'm telling the story without people getting caught up in the story, so to speak, like you're only watching, you know, the insensitive parts, but you're actually seeing what happened to people. If yeah. you can see that on the role reversal, then he's been successful in his mind. So that's, yeah. that was his whole purpose. Not just to make, you know, any kind of, you know, mockery or a copycat just to flip. But honestly, he's talking from the, from the fact that he called it white blindness because when black people talk about slavery, like you said, mm -hmm. they easily can say, well, that wasn't me. That's not our generation. That wasn't, yeah. you know, that was my great, great, great whoever. But I don't necessarily represent what they represent. But even still, you're not hearing when people are saying black lives matter either. Right. Excuse yeah. me. So he felt that if he flipped the roles, like you know, maybe he would have a, a success. Uh, sorry, a successful chance in in showing that. And yeah, so I'm gonna share that, man. I'm gonna send it to yeah. you, P. It's it's a good okay. forty two minutes, but but, but you it, know, it tells a good story. And and I'm I'm gonna end with this. That speaks to the one thing that people, even individually, that people have a problem with. People have a problem with facing their own ugly truth. Yeah. Okay. As individuals, the hardest thing for us to do individually is to look at ourselves critically. These are the things that are wrong with me and own those things. Nobody wants to say these, man, ooh, I don't like this about me. No one really likes to do that. But once you get to a place where you can critically analyze yourself, then you can grow. That's true. And we will never advance beyond where we are as a society until we can look at our past acknowledge that it exists and grow from it there you go so so first i gotta leave with who gives a fuck about what a terrorist <laughs> niece daughter cousin relative now i know that just because my 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 relative's an asshole right that doesn't make me one and i mean that that that's really like you call him an asshole. That that just yeah. that was nice. To be a sh yeah, but but, shit. but for this to actually make some waves, right? And she spoke that shit was nice. So so dig though. She spoke her her truth on why she feels President Trump would be better going into the next election as president than Biden because Biden has shown weakness, and she is sure. This is where this gets goofy to me. She's sure that another 9-11 type action would happen if he's president. But if it's Trump, oh, no, he's shown that he deters that and it's all good. Why are we listening to this person who, A, is irrelevant irrelevant, and considers themselves American? I don't I don't think she's a American. She's affiliated. not. She, she lives, lives in Switzerland. Switzerland. But yeah. I mean, she, she could have some American affiliation. I doubt it. But my point is she considers herself American. I don't even know what the fuck that means. She wants some airtime. <laughs> Thank you. That's exactly what it is. She's she's just trying to stay relevant. That's yeah, what it is. Like who just comes out of the woodworks saying something yeah. like that, and then that makes you look guilty. Like and yes, that's like where I was are going. you trying to say that you're gonna plot something? Like yeah. that, that's not yeah. a normal conversation to start. That was very and today. Strange. These days, if you attach yourself to the to the idiot, that's gonna get you some airtime. That, that's just how shit is these days. Look, in my opinion. <laughs> This, this man couldn't handle the coronavirus. So, and I'm not what, even, anyway, I'm not even anyway. talking about him. I'm more so just saying like, like, like sis just yeah. said, like that kind of puts you on the spotlight. So you're saying if it does go the other way, 
we better look out. Coming from, you know what I'm saying, the at niece. one point, the number yeah. one terrorist in the world at one point. Yeah. And so it was just a strange, it was just a strange whole headline to read and to make waves in any kind of way. So I just felt I had to bring that to news news. So her name is is Newer Bin Laden, right? Like N-O-O-R. Yeah, like Newer, Noor. Noor, I don't know. But the moral of the story so a, is so, just really, so way, really strange segment. Who, who who was in office when her uncle was oh, off? Yeah, a, a dim, right? Yeah. Oh, oh President Obezy popped top. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I just, 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 that's one of those overlooked facts. But anyway. Yeah. Very much so, man. So yeah. that's the news. News, uh, some kind of idle threat, maybe from another Bin Laden. Mm-hmm. Wow, shit. We really, we really got our our uh, our start talking about relationships, and you know, for for our first season, season and a half, we really wanted to, you know, we really dug into the honesty. We tried to dig into the honesty of relationships. Um, being vulnerable, being truthful, acknowledging when we make mistakes, etc. We're gonna revisit relationships tonight with Ash. So set us up, sis. Okay. Set us up. Well, uh, let's see. I mean, currently, uh, with you know COVID nineteen, everybody is shacked up. Uh, as they're getting their quarantine on. So it's a lot of Netflix and chilling going on. And then to, to top it all off to any ladies that are watching it to or who are watching, um, they know that it's scary to be uh, what we like to call big man season. So uh, if you got a big man in your life, what the hell, you know, you might want to cuddle <laughs> up with your big man. If you don't have a big man in your life, you need to find you a big man. Bruh, but yeah, stay on topic. Keeping it 100. As I am keeping it 100. To relationships either failing or being promising. <laughs> Jesus, this whole I had intro. To, I had to put that out there. This is a big moment for us women. It is. This is our favorite season. This Come is on, how man. we stay warm. But anyway, getting on topic to relationships. So I think the, the big thing is everybody wants to know, how do I find a boo? How do I keep a boo? What do I have to do to be successful in my relationship with my boo? And I think that the one thing that we have to do is we have to be open to communicating with each other in the very beginning. And that's something that we don't do. Um, We don't do that because a lot of times when we're out and about and we're trying to meet somebody, we're on, we have our face on, we have our alter ego on. And so when we meet that person, that's who they're um, getting to know, the alter ego. And then it's not until after the fact that they get to know the real person. And that's when all of the problems start to occur. So we need to we need to talk about keeping it 100 on that on that level. Like, oh, that motherfucker. I don't even know this guy. <laughs> yeah. okay. All right. So let me let me lead in with this, because I've, I've kind of, you know, written down some some avenues we can travel in this. So I want to talk about the importance <laughs> of understanding learned behaviors. Right. Like, and one thing I can compare this to, like, if you're trying to get into working out or if you're trying to start a new diet, we all kind of give ourselves that, like, that hurdle, that initial hurdle. It might take us two, three weeks, and I just can't get with this. And a lot of times, you know, that means you end up failing, and then you just go back to being your normal self. But basically, what were you trying to do? You were trying to break a learned behavior. If I didn't work out, 
then I didn't work out. I got to learn how to work out. If I didn't eat right, then I didn't eat right. I got to learn how to eat right. But one thing I think that happens in relationships, and this is true, like she said, got the alter ego on, got your face on, whatever you want to call it. But how how difficult is it to break that learned behavior? If, you in, if you've been in and out of relationships, number one, yeah. and number two, you are, you're a free spirit, meaning you know you sleep with people, you just kind of move around how you move around, and then all of a sudden you find Mrs. Right or Mr. Right or however you look mm-hmm. at it. A lot of times that individual who is the the Mr. or Mrs. Right, they take the blame personally as if they're not good enough for that person. Like, what am I doing wrong? When in actuality, right. that person has the learned behavior. So how do we how do we we have patience? How do we have understanding? How do we have truth as that person now mm-hmm. to work on that learned behavior? Because I think it starts in the beginning. But how do I start with Yo, uh, I really just sleep around, and <laughs> I, I ain't much of well, a real, you know, boyfriend type. But you know, I'll I'll go as far as I can go. Like that ain't gonna get you nowhere, right? Uh, yeah, I will. And I, I think, and uh, all right, I'm I'm gonna go somewhere with what you just said and and your your answer to that. I think that the problem initially starts with fear. That fear of rejection is a motherfucker because. No one, or nobody, I don't care who you are, no one likes to hear no. No one likes to hear no. If you see somebody from across the room, no matter where you are, you approach that person, male or female, whoever you are, you do not want to hear no. You are, you're really, you take the chance to walk across the room, you're really peeling back yourself, raw, emotional, hi, how you doing? Nah, I'm good. You're like, oh, you're crushed in that moment. So how do you prevent that? You come up with a representative. <laughs> you talked about this in season one. The right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, yeah. We talked about that. You come up with this, this facade. This is who I think this person wants me to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be this person. And then slowly but surely you can't keep up that fucking facade <laughs> because that shit takes too much thought. <laughs> okay, sis. So then you said yes, it'll get you somewhere. So mm-hmm. explain that to me. How how does it so, get you somewhere? Real real quick, real quick. And this this is always this is something we talked about too. All right, you meet somebody, you meet two guys. Remember, we talked about this. I'm I'm gonna jog your memory real quick. Ask a woman this. You meet two guys. One guy says, Oh, you know, when the woman asks, What do you want from me? I just want to take you out, wine and dine, spend some time with you, take you to the movie, blah, blah, blah. Here's this guy here. He's like, yo, I just want to get with you. I just want to smash. Which one are you going to, yeah, I just want to smash. Which one are you going to gravitate to? The guy that's feeding you to all the bullshit or the guy that's being honest? Look, let's be honest here. Every guy pretty much wants the same thing. It's Which one's going to be up front? Which one's going to be up front and willing to say what he wants up front? Now, the woman, this is where most women go wrong. Most women are going to, uh, uh, that's offensive. And they're going to gravitate to this guy. But this is what they're missing, in my opinion. This guy here, she should be like, oh, okay, I appreciate your honesty. But what are you willing to get it? What are you willing to do to get it? Him, you're full of shit. I know what you want. Don't bullshit me. That's keeping it 100 right from the gate, right? Right from the gate. Okay, sis. So you (laughs) chime in. You said it could get you somewhere. I want to know. Well, I think first you have to keep in mind, where are you at? in this scenario. So if you're more than likely at the club, music is going, liquor in your system, you turned up, you vibing with somebody, at that point in time, 
if you did hit a chick with that, you yeah. would get a reaction because you're in the club. That's the scene. But if we at church and you said something like that to me, yeah, I'm going to be like, get away from me. That's nasty. Right. We are in the house of the Lord. Envi we are not environment talking like matters. that. <laughs> the environment definitely matters. Yes, the environment right. definitely matters. So I think that you have to remember that part of the piece, you know, if you're somewhere with somebody and you talking. But... I mean, honestly, it just depends on who the person is. In today's age and time, everybody is trying to Netflix and chill. It's like people don't want to even have a serious relationship anymore. So really, you would be surprised if you yeah. just hit somebody with, I'm, I'm just trying to smash and chill. So that, that takes me somewhere else. And that, that moves us right. into realistic approaches. Because yeah. what I'm getting at is, you know, like, it used to be taboo to think, men and women thought the same, right? But unfortunately, social media has given light to the truth, and that is men and women think a lot alike. I'm not going to you know, call yeah. everybody a spade and say we're all doing the same, but there's a lot of women who either post, repost a meme or will post their own little post or whatever they do, some little funny picture with right. a caption, and it's definitely telling the side that, I'm, that men are looking at more than just, oh, that's funny or she crazy. You're yeah. saying your truth. Like if you if you're yeah. constantly throwing, you know, hints out there that hey, look, I'm in for some one, two, and nothing more. I ain't got time for this, that, and the other, then don't play the victim when you meet that guy, you sleep with that guy, and then that guy is exactly what you knew him to be, but you maybe thought he could be more. I hear that right. not like I'm hearing it personally, but I can read through the lines of what I'm seeing. And yeah. I'm like but shit, if I go back and look at your your Snap story or your Insta story or whatever, like you've just basically been saying for weeks now, you just trying to do this, that, and and whatever else. And so it's yeah. it, it's almost as if if you if you kind of talk it up, if you speak it into existence, and it happens, at what point do you take any responsibility for that? You know, because you yeah. talked it up. So I yeah, think realistic approaches is true. So if it, if it is, shit, I'm looking for some fun too, and you are a woman. I mean, yeah. I think men and women will gravitate to the same likeness. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then maybe you realize that's all that is, or maybe that's something that stays steady, but you know y'all can't be more for whatever reasons, and you have an agreement. But this whole, like, unrealistic idea from men, okay? Like, I want the, the girl that's only been with one guy, and she's a good girl and all this, right? Mm. Or no. the woman's side. I don't want no, no guy with kids, baggage, been married. Well, this yeah. is 2020, and unfortunately, we don't. Yeah, we don't live in we don't live in a world of our grandparents where it was one and done, right? And they right. just stuck it through. They might hate each yeah. other, old and bitter, at 85 years old, but that's all they've been knowing since you yeah. know they were 20 or yeah. whatever. So we just gotta look at what's real and what's not. The world has changed, and our influences—music, yeah. TV, social media—have fed into that. You know what I'm saying? That's no, just our, how I feel. Our okay. Our peer groups, mm -hmm. absolutely. You know, and, and important fuckery, right? Like yeah. we talked about, male and yeah, female, <laughs> exactly. And, and 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 like you, you like you clearly illustrated. We look at society now, and we've learned that women have that group of women that support their fuckery. You know, and but this is where we have we got to be honest with ourselves. You know, we can't. Yeah, I'm I'm looking for this. You know, I'm looking for Netflix and chill, and then be disappointed when that's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> so so here's another one too. Let's you know? let's let's take this avenue too, because sis brought this up when we were just you know just just servicing, just talking. 
when we don't know who we're with, right, because maybe we put on a facade or whatever, or maybe we see an action or an actionable type thing and we think yeah. well, they'll grow out of that, right? But she brought up the fact that, you know, you've been with somebody now and let's say it's you're pushing a year and you're like, really, all this motherfucker do is want to play the video mm -hmm. game. Or if you're a male, you're like, God damn, all she want to do is gossip and talk shit and watch these trap TV shows, mm -hmm. this ratchet shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and housewives. It, yeah, yeah, it becomes annoying to you. You know what yeah. I mean? So what should have happened in that keeping it 100 mm -hmm. up front? Yeah, we can talk about it. Fine. Yeah. But but I'm saying, like, what's the what's the reality of this? Because we know nowadays, like, people are gamer gamers, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's, yeah. there's a compromise yeah. that has to happen. It, it does. There's a compromise happening. If that's something what? that I know that yeah. I can, like, make money off of, people are profiting off of playing video games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, if you're the best Madden player, the best Call of Duty player, like, you can get fucking sponsors and make money. And, but that annoy a woman. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 what should happen in that initial. Keep it 100, I guess. You tell me. Like, Oh, you asking me? Yeah, like, oh, okay. I, I love yeah. video games, right? But, yeah. I mean, not to this level, but let's say I am. I'm a hardcore gamer. Okay. And you see it, and at first it's cute. You, you know, you rubbing my hair or whatever, making sure I got whatever. But now we've been in a real relationship. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, bro, like, when are you going to take me on a date? When are you going to do X, Y, Z? So how do I get that across? Like, you need to understand this is who I am. Without you calling me, I don't know what, uh, immature, mm -hmm. childish, you know, that type of shit. Real shit. Well, that comes across in the conversation piece. So yeah. when we first meet, <clears throat> I think it's very important that, and let me clarify, this is my brother. So I don't want y'all to think this is my man. This is my brother. Okay? This damn show know who my wife is. <laughs> really? <laughs> Relax. In case we got some, some new. I just introduced you as some my new sister. watchers out there. <laughs> but anywho, <laughs> when you are first meeting somebody for the first time, that is when you need to be honest and tell them what you like to do. Where is your, where do you find peace? You know, like what makes you yeah. happy? Don't lie. Don't tell me that, you know, you just like to go to work, come home. And then when you get home, you just, you don't watch TV. You're not a TV person. You just eat, read a book and go to sleep. <laughs> don't tell me that. Cause then what if I am somebody who enjoys reading? Cause the first thing that I'm going to say is, is what you read, right? What are you reading? Tell me about the book. I like reading too. And then it's not until we've been together for a while that it comes out that you hate reading. You mm -hmm. hate it. I'm sitting here asking you about Pride and Prejudice and you looking at me trying to figure out what the hell I'm talking about. And the truth behind it is you were just saying that to get close to me. So now it's right. There's the facade. And now we're having a problem at the beginning of the relationship. Mm -hmm. But if you would have just told me in the beginning that you liked video games, then we easily could have found a compromise because while you're playing your video game, I could be reading my book. See, but but I, I'm going to take another, I'm going to look at that from another aspect. Mm -hmm. Okay, early in a relationship, everything can't be revealed because once if you start revealing everything, there's no promise in that. Mm -hmm. Because right off the bat, you start checking off do's and don'ts initially, you will never find out if there's any promise there. Some things have to be revealed in time. I, I truly believe that. You know, when you get to these moments and you start to reveal, okay, you're in your video game, how you approach it, it's the message and how that message is conveyed. Is That's what matters. You can't be like, oh, you on that fucking game again? Which I've heard so many times, not my house, but I've heard from friends, 
yo, she on my head about this game, dog. She on my head about this game. You know, it's not the message. It's how that message is conveyed. Let him play his game. Then you approach the, yo, you know, you on your game a lot. Is everything all right? Are we okay? Uh, you know, I feel neglected. Something. It's how you approach the problem if you perceive it as a problem, at least in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But from the early stages of relationship, you got to have that courtship. You got to have some 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 mystery in there. It can't be the, oh, these are all the things I like to do, including all of my bad shit. And be like, uh-uh, uh, you know, because those become too important. Those become focal points and those become negatives that, okay, when things get kind of uneasy, nah, he don't like to read. I'm checking out, <laughs> you know, they give you you avoid the promise that might be there yeah i feel like you have to and the hard part is not you know date one date two date five and it's right. all about itemization right like yeah i don't like this and so because because here's what you here's what can happen too you hear people say well you know what yeah that kind of gets on my nerves and you know what she's talking about or what he's talking yeah. about is something that's in your you know repertoire you like oh shit like yeah. so yeah, you know, like video games, like they okay, but that shit's annoying. Like, hey, I'd rather watch paint dry. Fuck, well, this ain't gonna go well. <laughs> or, you know, like, like, oh, I'm, I'm in the book clubs, and you know, I really like to get into that. Like, oh, that shit is whack, you know. So, ultimately, like, I feel like, like you said, compromise, but it has to be a natural. I think the the key with any communication, it's got to be organic. Like, nobody yeah. want, like, especially when you're talking about deeper things, like, like we can move into, you know, like intimacy, right? Like those conversations, I feel like are always uneasy, even on the initial <laughs> all the way until I've been married 10, 15 years, because how do you say, let's say it's the initial, right? You're like, yeah, I like this, that, and that, and I want you to do this. And they're like, yeah, that shit's gross. And then you, you, you know, need to spice it, it up to 10 years in and you're like, yo, like, you know, I think like, let's start watching some, some flicks or then you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I, I got kids and I work and I ain't got no time for that shit. And you're like, so it's like, how do you how do you have these conversations? Like, open mind is key, mm -hmm. but yeah. how do you like some of these conversations are just naturally avoided because you just feel like like it's just uncomfortable. Um, all right. I, I was Evan and I were married twenty eight years before she passed, so uh, you just reach a point. At least from my from my experience, you we reach a point where <laughs> you just kind of like eh. You just talk about everything because you have that much of a foundation. Um, but even even with the 28 years, the conversations that I hated started with, I need to talk to you or we need to talk. <laughs> I hated those. All right. I hate it because it, it always amounted to, oh, Something's what am blast. I doing? What, what am I not doing? Yep. You know, that's true. So those are the conversations I hated. So, so Ash, do you do that to your husband? She, you do that to him? She calls herself like a unlicensed yes, sexologist. I am a, I don't I know am what the a fuck. unlicensed Bruh. sexologist. So if you do not like talking about that topic, this is your time to log off. Okay. Log off. Ain't well, nobody logging off. Oh, we all know. Remember that old Canadian lady that's old as hell and she does that show like Susie talking Ms. sex B? with or was I don't it Miss Sue? Something like that. Some shit. That's disgusting. That's my idol. We're not going there, but I'm saying like. What's a 
what's an ideal of bringing this type of shit up? How do you bring this type of shit up? You just bring it up. We are all adults here. So I just feel <laughs> like if we are in a relationship, let me rewind it back for a second. If you are somebody that is just talking to someone and y'all f- just friends with benefits, don't even waste your time with that person. But if you're someone that is actually in a relationship, meaning y'all working towards something, then y'all do need to be sitting down having this conversation with each other in the very beginning. These are important things that we need to hit on. Like, we need to be having a for real, for real conversation about not just us, but also the boom boom room. Like, we should not be waiting to have a conversation about the boom boom room when we're engaged. That's crazy to me. And people do that because they get caught up in that whole thing of, when you get engaged, you have to do the before I say I do class. And it, that's when it comes up. And so, no, we need to address this ahead of time because everybody knows that in the beginning when you get married, you have that newlywed phase. So that's when everything is great. But then after the newlywed phase, that's when, you know, you're just like, I'm not about to put on makeup anymore. I'm just about to rock my bonnet. You know, I'm just going to chill, do what I want to do, eat Cheetos and all of that, and not really take pride in my appearance. But that might be an issue for your man because your man is still in the newlywed phase. But if he's seeing you over there eating Cheetos with no makeup on, your wig is off, you know, it's sitting on the dresser somewhere, that's (laughs) that's not going to get him in the mood anymore. So you have to make sure you on your game at all times because if you're able to communicate – then you're able to say, it don't matter if I got my bonnet on, it don't matter if I got my good wig on, you're still going to find me attractive regardless. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's true, but still. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I fuck it. You know how we do. We, we conversate. Yeah. You want to bring up, like, hey, look, I want to try this position. I like oral. I like this, that, whatever I might. That's never easy to do, <laughs> right? Especially when there's, like, a, a, a pattern of damn, every time we just getting straight to it, right? Like, there's no foreplay. Right. There's, like, none of this, There's like, no exciting. intimacy. It's this, oh, it's, let's, let's come on, let's get this done. Yeah. And, you know, that's 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 fine and dandy if that's all you're about. But, like, if you want to get into that and you feel like now that person, your partner, feels like, well, shit, this ain't good enough for you. Or you brought this up when we having, like, this conversation before. You know, go to the strip club, right? <laughs> and you have a good time, you witness things, and then – you come home, right? And it's like, are you into me now? Or is your mind still back there? And yeah. whoever excited you that night is who you thinking I am or whatever. And it's like that jealousy factor. We talked about that in our in our offline. Like like right. this jealousy factor where it's like I can't win either way. Like because you're no. not inside my mind. So whether I tell you like, no, like Sure, I went there. I was entertained, but I know where I'm at now. I'm at home now. I'm I'm yeah. with my my significant other, and it's like mm, I don't know because you just you just seem different. Like so in situations like that, even when you're yeah. trying to be pure minded and and be with that person, you still might run into some shit like that. So I feel like anything that deals with intimacy, anything that deals with sex, unless it's from the 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 your kindred spirits from day one. And it's just like, boom, I found my, the, the one, <laughs> I feel like that's always an issue. And you know what I mean? nah, you know, there, if you're in a good relationship, you're going to learn how to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. 
And there's not a subject that you you're not capable of talking about. Um, and again, it's not so much as the message itself. It's how that message is delivered. You can have a conversation about sucking dick oh, or God. different positions. <laughs> Whatever. Jesus Christ, Pete. Right, Wait look, a minute. Look, we have a conversation, <laughs> right? Parents and shit go listen to this. Yes. I'm going to have to topic? edit that yes. out. What's the topic? Oh, What's God. the topic? Look, we're having a conversation, right? Look, if, if your girl says, oh, yo, my God. You, 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 you need to eat my pussy right. Oh, my God. You doing all this. We are having this conversation. Wait a minute, man. Ain't no kids listening to this. Ain't no kids listening to this. If you're going to have this conversation, right? If you're going to have this conversation. I'm vibing with you, Proc. Go ahead. This is my You know your parents going to listen to this shit. I don't care. They they. Hey, how do you think we got here? How do you think we got here? They had to do something. They they did something. Right. Even though none of us want to imagine them doing that something. Exactly. Tell it, so, tell it, Proc. So, That's why you the doctor. It, Go ahead. Running got hot under this fucking sweater. Running got no, real hot. Quit. You can't, you can't be like. <laughs> I'm about to censor y'all asses. What the? Man. You ain't. Yeah, you can't be like. You can't go at your, your girl like you ain't sucking my shit, right? Like, baby, I appreciate you trying. How about this? How about that? It's how that message is delivered. You can't put her in. A, you can't put her in a box. You can't back her into a corner and make her feel like. You know she's being threatened, or you're you're you know it, it's adversarial. You can't make that kind of conversation adversarial. That's true, and we're getting the hell off of sex, man, because I can only see my father's face and my mother's. Jesus Christ, I don't. Anywho, <laughs> so so the next part of this 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 talk, I want to move into. <laughs> Damn, y'all is wild. You asked for it. You, you introduced this aspect of this conversation. It is a, Not, it is a very important factor. Keeping it one hundred as it relates to. The success and or the failure of a relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's move into goals right out oh, the gate. Oh my goodness! How important is that? Like real shit. How important is that? Because we've already talked about it. Like you're it's, gonna go through your maturation process. Yeah. You're gonna learn certain things about yourself at 25 that you didn't know at 20 or 30 that you didn't know at 25. But how fair is it to continuously be judged and or only looked at in the light? that you were when you started. You know, like, I, I feel like that's unfair, A, but I do feel like you can grow up faster than your partner. Yes. That's possible. So keeping yes. it 100 yes. when it comes to goals, like, that's going to be always evolving, no? Yeah, I mean. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. To the, to I the agree. extent, it's, like, it's, you can't just pick be. up everything you hear. Like, like for instance, right. you're into stocks, and I see you making some money, so now I'm into stocks, right? Like, No. Like, I feel like it has to be organic to me. It has to be something right. that I've developed. It's something that I truly want. I'm not just following the path. But what right. I'm saying is, if I do start to turn a page and I realize, like, well, damn, male or female, whoever you are in this in this instance, if you're not on the same page with me, like, are we growing apart? Or is it fair for you to stay where you are and I have to wait if I've outgrown no. like, that just... No. No, so let's. No, I mean, no. let's talk about that because I you feel can, like that's a serious topic. I mean, you okay. have to help me get there. I mean, you have to. I think that in relationships, regardless of who's ahead of who, as far as on the the goal factor or the mature factor, or however you want to classify it, we have to help each other. 
So it's a partnership when you're in a relationship. Right. Like, I don't know anything about the, the stock market. I don't. But when COVID happened, I learned so much because of the fact that my mate took the time to sit me down and say, okay, well, this is what's going on right now. And I dabbled in it for this long and I was able to make this much. So I think that you should take some time to just read up on it and see if you're interested in it. And then if you are, I'll show you how to, and we can make money together. Yeah. Okay. That's, and I, I, I agree. I like, I like the, that approach, but that's not typical. Yeah. Typically, typically you have a couple, she has her goals, he has his goals. There it is. And the key with that is while they have different goals, they support each other in what they're doing. Do they have to align? I feel like sometimes you, we read books and shit and it says yeah. like, if you're not in the same trajectory as your partner, you maybe need to look at, is this the person for you? Like if you just can't really get them and, to see importance uh, in certain things. Yeah, and and I see. I don't. I don't agree with that because you don't have to have those. Those goals don't have to be in in, in alignment in such a way that you're ascending at the same time. Okay. Okay. I agree that that a couple that a couple should have their individual goals, and you should be able to motivate and support each other as you ascend at your pace. Now, you two are married, and you and your wife may not ascend at the same rate. You know, she may ascend faster or you may ascend faster. It all depends on on how adamant you are about achieving your goals. But what you know, about when they're joint goals? Like it's like, yo, joint we goals? need to really start focusing on saving this money or putting this plan in place for this house. But then the other person is like, well, I don't really care about that. Or I don't those really are goals. Those couple goals are the ones you have to be in unison. Yeah. And, and so it, what happens? They'll when fail. They'll so, fail. So is they it a, will fail. Okay, true. But I'm saying are, if you are not. But is it a matter of uh I don't know, so like like I say give or take, like let's say let's say for instance, I'm ready for that step, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And they're not, and it's not me being judgmental, like, yeah, she just ain't mature enough or he's not mature enough if you're a female, but it's more so just like you've heard in conversation, like, well, that's just not something I'm excited about right now. That's just not something that, I'm not that I want to do yet. So yeah. is it okay then for the person that's ready, they just have to be like, without saying that, okay, well, when, but I just got to wait and I just got to be stagnant until you're ready? That's, that's a choice that you, if you have to ask Shit, yourself at that tough. point, are you willing to sacrifice that time mm -hmm. or are you willing to move on? Do you see something in that person that, that you are not willing to sacrifice by walking away? Yeah. That's the thing that you got to ask yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, couple goals as far as finances. I read uh, Mind of a Millionaire, and one thing that really resonated me resonated with me was one part of the book said that if you are if you have a mate that is that is not as frugal or more frugal than you, you are not you will not make it. That is correct. Mm. I taught my mate how to coupon, so. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I'm sorry, bro. Yo, never mind. Yeah. Just leave that where it's at. But, but I mean, and, and, and I think, like, in the beginning, like I said, like, that's the scary part, right? And as you're evolving as two different people, you're definitely doing, you know, there's shit that's happening together. But you start to look inside or, or, or kind of, like, really soul-search and be like, well, you know what? I'm not 
comfortable with who I am. And so you start to, maybe it's your mentors that, that kind of like steer you in the right direction or you read more, you know, self-help books, self-help books or whatever, and you start to grow. And it can be scary if you feel like, well, damn, like I'm not that 20-year-old anymore. You know, I'm, I'm more focused now. I'm more goal-driven. Here's what I want for us. Here's what I want for the kids if we have them, whatever it might be. Right. And your partner's not there with you. And it's like, do I wait? Because I feel like then it becomes selfish. Like, you can't just turn or turn it off. Like, well, yeah, I'm here and you're not there, so I feel like we got to get divorced. But when, I feel like at the same time, like, how long am I having to wait? And I know we don't need to talk about this every night. Like, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? This is what we should be doing. Let me lead. Like, I feel like that is compromise. Donna chimed in and said comp- compromise. But at the same time, I feel like, shit, man, like, it becomes tough because that keeping it 100 like it's mm-hmm. constantly changing. I feel like at some point your spouse, male or female, could just be like like you don't even know who you are. Yeah. Like you're constantly like turning like a like a like a like a, a coin on its on its end and it's like okay, one day you here, the next day you here, one day you here, the next day you here like but just like shit, I'm trying to be more than what I was. You know right. what I mean? So how do I get that through in conversation without confusing my mate? Yeah, you know like these certain ways i feel like you even got to talk about certain things you know what i'm saying and see to to me a lot of that should be realized through actions okay you shouldn't even have to articulate that they should see see you changing Mm -hmm. progressively but Um, they should they should you right they should you your your evolution should be obvious to the person that you spend the most time with Mm -hmm. um and if it's not they're not paying attention their evolution should be the same and if they're if if it's not to you, you're not paying attention. Uh, or if they aren't evolving, it will be painfully aware to you that they are not evolving. And it it becomes to me it, it will become a point of contention for the person that is evolving because you will see it will become more obvious to you as you grow when you realize you are with a partner that's going nowhere. Mm, that's real, man. Shit. Okay. And then I guess the last portion of this keeping it 100, which has been in the news several times on several different occasions, you know, we can think Megan Thee Stallion and who was that? Uh, who shot her? Tori. Tori Lanes, and then, you know, Will and this Jada like... and <laughs> all kind of things. And it, and it becomes like the protection of one another. So right now, you know, like Sis brought up, uh, you know, it feels not it feels, but it's been said in the black community that black men are not protecting black women. Mm-hmm. And because I wanted to be the contrarian on this specific subject, you know, I came up with, well, how accurate is it to say that when we can actually say are black women actually protecting black men? And I'm not talking about standing on the line, but I'm saying like not putting us down, not just, you know, already labeling us, not, you know, like giving us the benefit of the doubt. Sure, there's a lot of things that black men do that they can do better. But I feel like, you know, like a lot of times a woman is scorned. And so therefore, just out the gate, whoever comes around, like they're just mm-hmm. classed into a group, whether that be yeah. dogs, whether that be womanizers or whatever you want to yeah. call it. So I feel like in the culture, it's just two sides fighting each other. You right. know, they want the physical protection. You shouldn't be doing this to me. You shouldn't be harming me. And I'm 100 percent with that. A man should never harm a woman ever. Right. Period. Slap her around pusher, kicker, whatever. But at the same time, 
we we often just like y'all brought up in the first segment when we're talking about what we don't see behind the scenes. How many times has somebody had the opportunity to step in when that woman is going too hard on a man? Like he's showing all the control in the world he can. Mm-hmm. He's being cussed out, belittled, demasculized, uh, you know, spat on, whatever. She finally put hands on him, and then he snapped and slapped her, and it's like, oh my god, I can't believe you hit her, and and I'm not. Again, I'm not, you know, saying what's right is right is over here and what's wrong is wrong is over here. But I'm saying, like, that's a problem, too. Like, yeah. you know, like, I don't care how angry you are. I feel like you still have to be able to control the the narrative in that situation. I'm not going to allow my anger to put me in a place where I physically need to harm you. Because in the event, you know, you're somebody's son, too, right? In the event yeah. that you strike back, now I'm the victim? Like, how does that work? You know what I mean? So I feel like the protection of, a, of one another, like, like, let's talk about that for a few minutes. Like, yeah, okay. what's the protection of one another look like? First of all, we create each other. We create the things that we deal with. Women scorned have been scorned by men. And the men that treat women the way that they do have been groomed that way by some woman some woman has allowed that man to treat her like shit and he thinks that this is okay and that's his mo that's become his persona his personality and that's how he sees all women by no means is that right but that's that becomes the norm for him so he sees every woman the same way and every woman that has been scorned by a man time and time again sees every man no matter who he is the same way he's a piece of shit he's this he's that so when one thing goes wrong all right the, the given in any relationship is the guy's gonna say or do something wrong we're fallible we're gonna do something we're gonna say something we're gonna be late something her reaction is a learned reaction and that's where it's, it's always come to me it always comes from a place of history it's never from that moment, that time, I'm reacting to what he gave me. I'm reacting to what I've, I've dealt with for the last 15 years of history with men. That's I've true. seen this before. I've seen this before. This is my instant reaction, my instant defense. And on the other hand, I'm used to this. This is how I treat women. She's subservient to me. She's always going to do what I tell her to do. I'm going to slap around, talk all kind of shit I want to talk to her. Is it right? Wrong? It's wrong as fuck on both ends. Case by case, every time a woman meets a guy, it should be a clean slate. But her defense mechanism is, no, it's not. I'm expecting these things, so when the first thing goes wrong, this is my wall. And that's the guy... What was, that's what I yeah. was hitting on in my book, like, as I yeah. was closing, because yeah. I feel like that learned behavior, again, right, yeah. it just conditions you, and, and yeah. you don't know how to cut it off because you haven't healed. You haven't yeah. taken the time to give the respect that is due. Like, I don't give a shit how somebody has hurt you in the worst of yeah. the worst ways. But you still got to give them the respect for the time that they had your heart. And that's yeah. always hard and hurtful because there's so much pride and ego there. You're like, mm-hmm. how the fuck did I love this person? How the fuck did I care about this person enough, you know what I mean, to have my fucking soul crushed now? No yeah. way I can look that person in the eye without being angry. No way I can hear that name and not get pissed off. And we carry that hate, we carry that frustration. And though you got a new person, you got a new look, you got a new name, yeah. you still got the same what anatomy, the same gender. Yeah. You're still a man, you're still a woman. 
And I feel like it takes time and time and hurting and hurting and hurting and hurting others before you finally understand that. And, but look at yeah. the look at the, the the wrath that you've left. Look yeah. at the at all the people you've ran through and hurt and damaged before you learned it. How fair was it for yeah. that group of individuals? You know. And so again, yeah. I was deeply trying to express that. But sis, I'm gonna have you come in here on this <laughs> situation and talk about you know the protection of one another. Like 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 how do you see it? Well, in my opinion, I definitely feel like as speaking for a woman's perspective that we do need to be mindful of what we're saying to our black men and i i really shouldn't just say black men men in general if we're having an argument with each other and i'm just so mad i think that that's very inappropriate for a woman to come back and be like you ain't shit your daddy ain't shit you ain't gonna be i don't i think that's 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 a little bit too much right there. That's yeah. hitting too much below the belt. Because if a man was to come back and to say that to a woman, but say it in a degrading way, like, your mama's a hoe, you're going to be a hoe, that cuts really deep. And then you're yeah. going to run off and start crying, and you're going to feel like, oh, my God, that is the worst thing you ever could have said. You owe me an apology. We need to stop putting ourselves like we're above men when it comes to feelings because we need to remember that we have to respect each other so if we're having mm -hmm. a disagreement then okay we're going to have a disagreement we're going to talk about it but if i'm pissed off and i feel like we're not getting anywhere i need to walk away because the moment that it escalates and i choose to put my hands on you whether that's pushing you slapping you or whatever i'm crossing the line so really you have a right to defend yourself at that point in time and see, we don't talk about that. We don't right. recognize the fact that men can be abused, too. We don't recognize yeah. that. And we need to have this conversation because we are too we're going around too much and we're making it seem like it's OK for a woman to do all these things that can build up to a very intense situation. And when it finally does build up and the man chooses to fight back, we're ready to throw him in jail, we're ready to call him a woman beater and all of that, but did you take the time to think that what if that woman would have kept going and he never did anything and she harmed him? Yeah. You yeah. need to, you have to, you really, really need to have this conversation. It's not okay to put your hands on anybody. It is not. Yeah. And I, I, I really didn't want to bring it up because I know we're, we're really trying to keep it realistic, but we were just watching a show at home called um, Marriage Boot Camp Hip Hop Edition. And no offense to Tahiri at all, but Tahiri is on this show and she's having an argument with her boyfriend Vado. The whole entire time that they are there, from day one to day five, she is calling him out in front of everybody, telling how he doesn't have any money, talking about how she has to pull all the weight in the relationship. And the whole time he's just sitting there. Now, they're from New York, New Jersey. So you know how they talk. You know their accent. And he's just sitting there, yeah. sitting there. And then finally, when they're at the table and she's talking to him, she picks up two apples and she launches them right at his face and they connect. He does nothing. He walks away. And then, again, when she gets around the group of people, she starts disrespecting him. And he gets up out of rage, and he puts his hands on her neck. Security hops up. It's like eight security guards there. They're all pushing him off of her. They made him leave the house. 
And then from that point on, Tahiri is on there using this as an opportunity to say yeah. that she's an abuse victim. She's but what victim. about the boyfriend yeah. that you verbally abused for five whole days? What about the boyfriend that you assaulted and threw two apples yeah. at and nobody came to his defense? When are we going to come to our our men's defense and step in? Because this is how stuff gets out of hand. Because socially, we're not allowed to be vulnerable. And in, in relationships, I want to ask you, why is it? In your opinion, why is it so hard for men to be allow themselves to be vulnerable to women? I honestly think that um, I feel like they they feel like if they show any type of emotion, it makes them weak, and it doesn't. And I've had to tell so many people that it does not make you weak to show emotion. You know, it really mm -hmm. doesn't. And I had this conversation a lot with my dad because my yeah. dad never shows emotion never yeah. not even when his mom died yeah. and i just have never been able to understand that but at the same time my grandmother never showed emotion either so i think that any time that a man is put in a situation where he is just brought to tears or mm. where he actually is just showing himself raw of who he is that's when we look at them and say, oh, he's not tough anymore because he actually cried the other day about how he was just really stressed out. And I just, I get upset about that. Yeah. I get upset about that because when you hold so much in, there is so much pressure on men right now. So much pressure. They feel like they have to be protectors. They have to be the providers. And they can't do that right now because jobs are very limited. And some of them are stuck at home right now. So yeah. the women are going out and working. That's a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. And if you can't talk to me because you feel like it's going to show a sign of weakness, that's going to make me worry and say, what's going on with your mental health? Yeah. But see, that's that learned behavior in a different form. Yeah. Like, you've learned as a kid, you know, as a little boy, like, yeah, boys don't cry. Mm -hmm. Dust yourself off. Pick yourself up. Stop being weak. And though, and I've talked about this on the show before, me thinking that, think, me thinking that I'm conditioning my son in a positive light is actually more mm -hmm. negative mm -hmm. because yeah. he's not able to express this situation. And, and, and his little mind is like, he doesn't understand why. Mm -hmm. But okay, daddy said not to, or he seems even more upset that I did, so I better stop this type right. thing. Yeah. And that that becomes that mental psyche, that different yeah. type of like strain on you that you don't know how to deal with until yeah. it's too late sometimes. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it, it's something we pass down. We yeah. we pass that down Absolutely. generationally because Absolutely. you know, I remember being told, Don't you don't cry, you don't cry, yeah. you don't cry. Grandpa and and I, I know that, I've done the same thing. Real, it's bro. it's something that we do continually. Um, and to go back to, to the guy, the, to, to the abusive guy, that's a mask for insecurities, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that, that's how he protects himself from being vulnerable is to, I'm going to get out in front and defend whatever it is I'm running from, or I, I'm, I'm going to get out in front and, and fight against it, against what's perceived to be the weaker sex, which is asinine. You know, to me, if you are, if you care about somebody, that's the person that you can be 
your raw self with. You can expose who you are in your truest form. That person, you, you, you should feel safe to be vulnerable with that person because they should have your best interest at heart. They should be protecting you at your weakest point. They shouldn't be the one that says, you know, your daddy wasn't shit, you ain't shit, you ain't never gonna be shit. They should never be that that person to you. You know, yeah, we say things that are ugly when we're in arguments, um, but those arguments should never go to a place that become belittling to one another. Because to me, what does that say about you? If you have it capable in you to belittle your mate, you hitched your wagon to him. What does that say about you? Yeah, yeah, that's true, man. It is. Yeah. It's very true. It's, it's just really, I don't know. I just don't understand some relationships sometimes. Like when you see women and they're like, oh, I have him so trained. Why yeah. are you saying that? Yeah. Like, that's not yeah. are okay. you Are you that damn insecure that you need to train your man? Yeah. Like he's he's not a dog. Like right. like are you for real right now? Like that's, <laughs> you got control issues. Yeah, that's that's very inappropriate yeah. to say. And then what message is that sending to him? You know, yeah. that's making him feel like he can't say nothing. And a lot of keeping it one hundred is centered around communication. Yeah, the fact definitely. that we have to communicate with each other. This stuff needs to come up in the beginning of the relationship. It does. You need to have these these talks with each other. And if you don't have them in the beginning, then I encourage everybody to have them at some point in time in your relationship. You really should. Yeah. Because you will see that by talking to each other, by having those random late night conversations, you will see things actually get better to where yeah. you understand each other. You're on the same page. So now... You are a, you are able to express yourself and be vulnerable with me. We might cry together. We might have some things that we let off our chest together. You might yeah. have went through a tough situation with a girl, and I went through a tough situation with a guy. I've been there. I've, I say it all the time. There's a couple cats running around here right now that still I owe a two-piece and a biscuit to. And I'm trying <laughs> to find them, you know? And it, it's been yeah. so bad to where I've seen them out in public. And I've been ready to just honestly just go at it because I'm still raging mad from that past relationship. And people tell you all the time, well, you got to let that go. You got to let that go. Well, if you haven't had closure in a situation and you haven't been able to really let it go, then all that's going to happen is you're going to put a Band-Aid on it. You're going to mm -hmm. get with somebody else. And then soon as they do the smallest thing, you're now going to snap. And give them the two piece in the biscuit because now they re they acting like that other person. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I just try my best in every relationship that I have to just try to talk and let them know how I feel. This is something we talked about in season one, and it goes back to that one question. You know, this is something uh, I don't know if you caught it in season one. Um, I I truly believe that every relationship requires this one question. Tell me one thing that you don't like about yourself. You know what it is. Just one. One thing you don't like about yourself. You know what it is. You don't let it define you. You don't let it drive who you are. What is it? As we close this segment, because we're running way long. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I would just say, like, you know, protection of each other starts with protection of self. And I feel like if you're not, if you're not protecting yourself, like you brought up, sis, if I'm allowing you to, quote, unquote, have me trained or if it's flipped around and 
uh, you're not protecting yourself from the verbal abuse, physical abuse, then there's no way you'll learn how to protect each other when you need to. Mm-hmm. So. And CO's final note, man, I just kind of want to hit on something that's, uh, I think it's important to say, um, because sometimes you never know, like, when a lifeline is thrown to you or, or something might happen and he might have to eat your words. We kind of talked about that before. But, but basically where I'm going is, um, so Charlemagne the God, he, he released something uh, yesterday, matter of fact, and I shared it mm-hmm. with you, Pete. Yeah. And basically, like, he's a uh, partner with iHeartRadio, and he's created this new platform. You know, it's like a, bo- a black podcasting network because um, he, he believes in the power of podcasts. He has his own podcast, Brilliant brilliant Idiots, and he does a yeah. couple other ones. But where I'm going with this is, you know, like, CO is not the <laughs> the biggest CTG fan in, in, uh, in no means. Um, but you also have to have respect for when someone does something like this and still mm-hmm. give them credit and put your feelings to the side. It's not as if I have anything personal against him. I don't know the man. That's crazy. But I feel like what he's doing is huge. Um, because yeah. if he's targeting, you know, a focus, and I don't know how many black podcasters are out there, but I know, like, when I when I think of them, they come to my mind. It's like, right away, Joe Budden, he's probably the biggest one. He really put the podcast game out there. He's been out there since the beginning. So with that said, you know, I have to definitely look at that as like, man, that's awesome. And, you know, yeah. like, I'm hoping that he allows that platform to be for, you know, independence as well. You, you know, people who don't really have a, a huge following or a big background, maybe they get an opportunity to you know, audition or whatever it might be to have a chance at the show. And he's not, hopefully he's not only targeting names, right? Like Jamie Foxx or whoever already has right. a podcast. Hopefully he's trying to help everybody. But even still, this is big, man. Especially when you make a deal like that with somebody that's well-known like iHeart. So I got to give mm-hmm. him a little good job, CTG. Good job, bro. So that's how I want to close. Sis, I want to thank you for, for being here. Thank you for this having was amazing. me. The soundboard was amazing today. You know, I'm controlling audio, so it's cool to actually have somebody in 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 the studio with me. Yeah, it was. Hope and, you enjoyed Ash, yourself. I did. Ash, I had thank a you. really good time. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, if there's anybody interested in a reprise of what Doc and I were talking <laughs> oh, about, shit. please just leave a little comment, and maybe yes. we'll have Co and the Doctor plus Ashley after dark oh, oh we can re- we can revisit this yes we, we will definitely, we definitely need to revisit this Lord. but just be kind to one another protect one another and men please always remember that you're supposed to walk on the outside <laughs> down the sidewalk when you're with your woman she is not supposed to be on the outside please take a note out of russell uh wilson's book that's all I got to say. Oh on my that. God, that was way before Russell. I've been doing that since day. Well, you yeah. know, I mean, you it, know it, it, it should is. be it should be a subconscious thing. It, it shouldn't it even really be something should. you, you got to think about at this point. Yeah, you should be working uh, on the outside, and don't forget to my ladies out there that are watching. Shout out to my sister in law Tanisha. I know she's listening, uh, but also gray sweatsuit season is Jesus starting. Christ. You so were not yes. about to turn my show to something. Get crazy. you a big man. Big man season is in full effect. Bro, you about to be muted. <laughs> P, how you want to get out All of right. there? What you got? Hey, um, Ash, thank you, my dear. It was a pleasure having you here. Um, We're going to look forward to having you back so we can do CO 
the doctor and Ash after dark. Yes, so after dark. Well, further. Um, My ass might be muted the whole show. Y'all out of control. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Close uh, I, I want to. <laughs> Uh, I want to thank everybody for you know for tuning in, and um, I also want to reiterate the fact that we are now on YouTube as well. Interview season is still out there, so again, as we come up with show ideas and we he uh, the doc and I discuss, I definitely know individuals I want to have on this show. I've kind of put it out there to you, so hopefully you remember that because uh, you're probably gonna be getting a message and we're gonna try to set something up. So again. I want to give a little love to the Who Am I podcast. They had me on last week. It was a great 35 minutes of talking. Um, I felt like I it was just different being a guest. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope, sis, that you got that same experience yeah, tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, nice. Appreciate everybody that chimed in. Uh, man, this is a great show, man. Mm-hmm. So until the next time, I'm CO. I'm the doctor. Y'all be easy, man. One love. <laughs> <laughs>